God, welcome back to the Sickness Podcast. Uh, just uh, sorry about that. Uh, this is uh, another episode of Amateur Hour, uh, a professional sports podcast uh, by people who have never, or uh, oh, actually sometimes play professional sports. Uh, this is brought to you by the Believe Network. Every topic, every team, everywhere. <gasps> Hashtag do you believe. I'm one of your hosts that's under the weather, Max, along with... Trace. Unless talk about sports. Amateur hour! Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 91. If you're just joining us for the first time, walking in the door, or you've been a longtime fan since the first day, welcome. Great to have you guys here. And we've got a lot of sports to be talking about, primarily in the form of playoff football. Boy, is that a juicy steak. Uh, we've got, <laughs> I just, so much content. And we're going to boil it down for you, give you our amateur takes, and have some fun today. So strap on tight. We're going to get things rolling with the weekly highs. The weekly highs. So I've got the weekly highs this week. And what's good for me in my personal life is that I had uh, one of my professional basketball games. So no, uh, it was <laughs> it was good. So I play uh, for those of you that don't know, I play for the Arizona Flames down in the greater Phoenix area. Uh, and we had a game. We almost blew a 20 point lead. We were up by 11 with four minutes to go and we won by two points. And at the oh, wow. end of the game, the final play, the inbounder was trying to get it to our best player. He had his guy sealed off. He was right on the sideline, ready to get the ball. For some reason, the inbounder passed it to the backcourt. Our guard completely missed it. Their guard got to it first, was running down, open layup, nobody in front. Time expires before he could get the shot off. Oh, no. I was expecting like he Brandon knighted it. Like he just blew the layup and it went. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> no Literally, no. he he was about. He got like his first foot down. And eh, times out. Yeah, he should he should have flo- he should have hit the floater. He should have tried to hit the, the floater. Layup. Something. I don't think yeah. he knew how much time was there. But great Ugh. game. Uh, got a couple minutes. Got a couple boards. Uh, yeah, dude, it, it's a lot of fun, and I feel like I'm getting used to the pace of the game. So that's my high mm. because it's so much faster, and I was getting my batukas rocked. For the first couple of weeks in practice and the first game I played. But now I'm like, okay, okay, starting to get it. So it's good. Like you you feel better in transition. Like I feel like that's where the pace of the game is like, like, holy crap. Did we just go from one, one side to the other? Like, that's, Yeah, that and then, yeah, it's like because it's like transition. Then you got to like set up, but you're guarding guys that can run to the basket at full speed. And like yeah. fast, full speed. And you're like, hey, wait a minute. You're supposed to slow down. <laughs> slow down there. <laughs> hey, my leg. My uh, sports high is also basketball related. And that is the uh, Ja Morant. Cock back in the next week dunk poster on Jalen Smith. And I mean, that thing, that dunk, if you haven't seen it, because straight, straight told me, you got you to gotta see this. Yeah. He cocked that thing like his arm probably went below 90 degrees back behind him. He cocked the ball back and put it on somebody's head. I mean, that is that's a high because that is insane. Because he went high, and that's why it was a high. That's the thing. His head was at the rim. He cocked the ball back behind him more than 90 degrees and then flushed yeah. it on a seven-foot center. Yeah. What? 
Insane. 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 He went up with him too. It wasn't like he saw John was like like cowarded back a little bit. He did he did really try to attempt that block. It wasn't like Sean Bradley every time he's been posterized. <laughs> yeah, Sean Bradley. Yeah, Sean Bradley got baptized a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. Wait a minute. <laughs> and there it is. So I Trey, I'm feeling good. Those are the good vibes for this week. Mm. Um some good highs. So we'll keep it going, but we're gonna bring it down to the lows. <laughs> The lows. Max, speaking of low, I don't know if you've heard my voice, uh, but that's what we're going to talk about lows. Um, I saw, I just lost my voice. Uh, I guess I was talking too loud this weekend. I don't know. <laughs> I, I woke up the next morning and I was like, oh, like, hold up. <laughs> the, you know, you know how when you lose your voice, you're like that one spot in your throat just hurts. Oh, yeah. You're like, you're like, oh, like. What happened? <laughs> like, what did I do? I was like, well, I wasn't like listening to like any metal music or heavy metal. Or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were just yelling too much at the uh, Jaguars Chargers game. Yeah, I was like, oh my, yeah. This is all the oh my god. This is probably the, my voice is like, you gotta stop, dude. You can't do this anymore. <laughs> and now you sound like Barry White. You know, some people say <laughs> too my much of anything, like, like butter. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he, yeah i was working a job one time and i uh i called somebody on the phone and i swear to god it was barry white he left mm. his voicemail he's like hi this is Chris. Or, um, <laughs> or um uh rest in peace michael clark duncan dude he had a good oh yeah oh yeah uh, his voice yeah well straight you're basically uh, there you're in that you're I'm, in that I'm category close. so I'm i think close. that's I a high got... actually <laughs> keep listening to your voice I, okay <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta. I just gotta keep. I'll keep practicing my disturbed screams. Like I'll just keep doing that over and over for twenty four hours until I sound like. What's my workout today? Oh, uh, twelve <laughs> reps of disturbed screams. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's work. I'm like doing. I'm like doing stretches. I'm like <laughs> pushing my neck back and forth. And here we go. All right. What about what about sports? What do you? Uh, what's what's bad? Max. Uh, over the over the past couple of years we've had this podcast there's been one constant i feel like the Celt- like when we talk about boston sports there's been one constant the celtics have changed they've flipped their story around bruins have changed uh, patriots have gone from good to bad bad right yeah, right but the one constant since we've started is the red sox suck and no better no better example was when they have a, a a success in what they had this past week with signing Rafael Devers to an 11 year, $331 million contract extension, which should be viewed as a major success. You kept your guy. You kept our guy. Right. Well, obviously we lost Andrew Bogarts. <laughs> right. So that's where the, that's where the, the, the slipping of the, the low comes in. You lose Andrew Bogarts and then, you slip the news into the cycle of oh Trevor Story, the person that was supposed to take over for Xander Bogarts that we paid, you know, five six year contract to. Oh yeah, yeah, he might miss the whole season because he had to get UCL surgery. Oh, and and he did it in January when the season finished at the end of September. So what? So, like, you had to have known at some point between that time that he would need some sort of surgery. He did it so late, 
spring training's in a couple of months and he's not going to be even close. Like he's going to be like, like 75 to 80% of the season gone at least, if not the whole season. And that's, that's the guy, that's the glue guy, quote unquote, that you brought in once you thought, okay, we're not going to bring back Xander Bogarts. And it makes that Bogarts leaving move so much worse because story now you don't have is a not there. And now you have a, yeah. now you have a hole in the middle of your infield. Like literally you don't have a guy that can fill in and be a starting shortstop, an everyday shortstop, which is insane to me at being the Red Sox, right? Like you don't even have a young guy or anything like your farm system is not ready. Your, you know, you don't have anyone in the, in the big leagues that's ready. Yeah. There's not like, you don't have any replacement for free agency. That's like good enough, right? All the big shortstops are gone. It's really bad, right? So that is like pinnacle of Red Sox where something good happens in you sign Devers, but then immediately they have to be like, oh, yeah, and by the way, we may not have a middle infielder. Like that's like the the classic Red Sox news cycle. That's pretty you want bad. the good or the bad, and yeah, you got bad. both. That's bad. Yeah. That's bad. That's really yeah. bad. Uh, rep. Because I remember us talking about how there's right, like you said, there's no farm, there's nobody that's like in, you know, coming up right now that they're ready to Not just right now, lock and yeah. load, nope. get them up. We could do Phillips Valdez again. We can try him. We can have him let up <laughs> seven runs in the ninth. Seven runs. You know. Well, the one thing is, I feel I feel a little better about the pitching this year. Um, I know we lost Vivaldi. That was another mistake. Oh, Vivaldi, the um. The 16th century composer, yes, yes, he, he, big he, fan. Him and his little conducting stick are gone. <laughs> out of here. <laughs> this is a little baton. Out of here. Um, another mistake because they apparently wanted him back and they didn't. Yeah, and they didn't. Um, they didn't give him the right price. They've been missing on a lot of free agents because they haven't been at the price point of these free agents. Now look where they are. They signed their guy, but there's a lot of holes to fill, and that's the classic Red Sox team right now, especially in the high and bloom era. And now, folks, welcome to Fenway Park. Get ready for another mediocre season. Yep. <laughs> 180 games of, eh. Eh. All right. Well, another franchise, Shrey. I want everybody to dive in. We're going to transition here. Grab your knives. Mm. Grab your forks. We're going to get right into that meat and that potatoes. And another franchise that has consistently been disappointing is up there down over in Minnesota. I got to put the kids in the car. We're going to go to the Wisconsin Dells. We're going to have a great time, but we're not going to have a great time watching the Vikings there because, boy, oh, boy, did they blow it again this year. Christ on a crutch. Dude, the Vikings, again, Shrey, you called it. I was more optimistic. Yeah. But, man, you called that thing from downtown. The Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings choke again this year. I, I, first game of the playoffs to the New York Giants, who have been consistently not great. And I uh, had a great year, but the Vikings had all the pieces they needed this year to win one playoff game, and they couldn't do it. Max, they won 13 games this year. Uh, that's, 13 games. Yeah. And to go down in the first, in the first, uh, in the wild card game, like they did to Daniel Jones, who. Who was pretty good this game? Like I couldn't, I couldn't find many things wrong with Daniel Jones. 
But normally is a like nervous guy. He's a young guy, right? Yeah. Doesn't have first any playoff, playoff game. first playoff game ever. In his what third, fourth year? Yeah, fourth year. You yep. got you got Kirkland Cousins, who should be able to just like take that. You got Dalvin. I mean, you got so many great guys on that team. Adam Thielen. You know, the Vikings roster is stacked, and they can't get it done. What do you think yeah. were some of the because you because Trey you called this early on. What do you think yeah. are some of the warning signs, some of the red flags from early on that that showed that they wouldn't be able to do this? Because for me, I got the I got the wool pulled over my eyes. I thought they were mm-hmm. fine because again, thirteen wins, they had a couple of blowouts. Yeah, they lost a couple of games by blowouts, but that's why I was like, oh, I'm gonna write that off. That's a fluke. But what do you think were the signs to be like? Mm, I don't think the Vikings are gonna do it this year. I think it was the defense. Like, I think. They had a really good offense, and yeah. you had stars. You had stars on that offense. You still you had Jefferson. Adam Thielen's old, but he still can play. Dalvin Cook, T.J. Hawkinson, like you had studs on that offense, and it felt like a team that, even if Kirk Cousins played mediocre, that's a team that could win on the offensive side, and that's what they did. They right. They were able to play really well, right? But remember, a lot of their games were really close, right? They were really close wins. Right. Right. And it was like sometimes a call that went their way or um, they were able to get like points on the last drive or they were able to make like a last minute stand that they won that game. Like they were they had like an incredible amount. I forgot the exact number, but an incredible amount of single game, single uh, possession victories, like single um score victories and normally that would make a team stronger but when you can't like play like really well against good competition on both sides of the football especially in a playoff game where you start to get a little tight max right everything starts to tighten up because the game means more than a week's 15 game or a week 13 (laughs) game right People, you're not playing the same competition. Right. The, the the Giants are trying to play up to you now. You can't just kind of rest back on your laurels. And it felt like that's what this game was. It was a a very conservative game from the Vikings, and it all resembles that last that last pass by Kirk Cousins. It was like a uh, a third and it was a fourth and eight or fourth, fourth or and eight, and he got, they only got three yards. They got a they did a three yard short pattern route. And because that Giants defense is really good, so you got to block really well. And it we felt just like could do it. It just that's where that's where the 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 ends just loosened up. And you you couldn't. And you couldn't I get frayed it my string. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Sure, I think that's a good point. You're talking about not being able to execute and tighten up when you need to. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know if I necessarily agree that a lot of their wins were like fluky wins. Obviously, we know the refs have big impacts. Sometimes you win by a score. That doesn't make it a bad win. But I see what you're saying about them not being able to like really refine the details and execute. And yeah, yeah, legitimately not being able to hold teams because when the Vikings lost, they lost. Or what was that yeah. game against the oh, Vikings? They- it was 41 to or against the Cowboys. It was 41 to three. It was a beatdown. That beat is down. deplorable, yep. and it was all like in the second half. Yeah, and you guys couldn't do anything. Like literally, what did you put your like JV high school team out there trying to stop like the Cowboys' potent offense? No. It's ridiculous. So yeah, that that feels bad. Kirk Cousins, I, that's it's going to be a long off season for that guy. 
same thing. It's like when a team loses this bad after so much supposed success, but they can't do anything, you always look at the coach, you look at the stars, and you say, huh, what do you think we're doing? If I was the Vikings, I'm just going to double down on defense, try to retain my assets, and go for it next year. Because yeah. in terms of like looking at everybody's contract and money-wise, that's the best solution. But I'm not the GM, so I can't. And I'm just, also not the fans in Minnesota, too. Looking at, this, looking at the regular season schedule, Max, their losses were against the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Lions, and the Packers, right? And they, it felt like, kind of looking back retro, retrospectively on their wins, they didn't beat a lot of like they beat the Bills. I'd say the Bills is their best win. And well, that was game. That was a game of the year. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, that's about it. That's about it. And right. And even in the Bills game, they got a couple. Oh, they beat the Patriots, bro. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, so it's like they were playing, they were playing uh, one possession games and winning one possession games against mediocre competition most of the year. So you got that. And I'm always saying, uh, that's why I was always like, and then, and then you got to bring in the historical factor, right? The, the, they're the Vikings. You got to bring that in. It's got to oh, tie me. in. Perfect. Oh, boy, that's another loss for us. <laughs> if you went back to chapter one on the Vikings, you would know that, like, this team has a little choke in them. So you got to always keep Skull. that in mind. You know, it just stinks because <laughs> they're such a cool team. You know, like the horn. They got cool traditions. I love the purple color. They, oh, do, the, they do the drum, right? Is drum. It, they do the, 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 the skull, yeah. skull, skull. And they, someone, some random celebrity bangs a drum. Yeah, the, and they get the horn the to start the games. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, rip, rip Minnesota. <laughs> oh, boy. And now it's on to the New York Giants. They're going to take it uh, one step further, which, hey, you're a Giants fan. It's pretty good. Didn't think they were going to yeah. be doing that this year. So congratulations. On to the next thing. If you've ever seen the show The Good Place, you know that one of the main characters, Jason, man, does that guy love the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are loving themselves right now because they pulled out a massive comeback against the San Diego Chargers, who had almost 100% odds to win this playoff game and had it in the bag until, well, frankly, they did not. Chargers blow a lead, massive lead. Jaguars win by one point, and they're moving on. Chargers are done. After an injury-riddled season, and the Jaguars, we talked about them last time. We're like, hey, they're pretty surprising. Didn't think they were going to do this. Get to the playoffs. And now they won the wild card round. What? Yeah. Jaguars rule! They 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 got uh, they, they won the division on the last game of the season. So this is a team that, like, they're, they're, it feels like they're juiced up because they, they won their last game. They made the playoffs. Like, they're <laughs> everything that you need. The Chargers have been in the like their playoff spot for a couple of weeks. And so they, they had the ability to rest people, which they didn't. They did not rest people on their Week 18 game. And that cost them their second best wide receiver, arguably their best wide receiver, if you count like him being a big target, in Mike Williams fracturing his back and then Brandon Staley saying, Oh yeah, he's going to practice this week and he's, you know, we're going to try to get him on the field and whatnot. And then every, every day of practice, he, he didn't make it. He didn't make it. He didn't make, Oh, actually he fractured his back. It's like, Oh, thanks Brandon. Like, I'm so, gr- I'm so glad you, 
it took you till Friday before the game to, to reveal that information. Yeah. And it made you look like more of an idiot for making that decision to play him in that game. Um, which bo which which brings up the question, Max. It doesn't look like Brandon Staley's future is very set in stone. Right. What like I guess what do you think about this team? What do you think about him and why that why that it didn't work, right? It felt like they had a lot of pieces on both sides of the ball. This is a team that was loaded offensively and defensively had really good pieces, right? They brought in Khalil Mack. They brought in JC Jackson. Obviously, he got hurt, but they did a lot to try to shore up that defense. They signed Derwin James. They have Joey Bosa and the offense we know about. Why didn't it work? Do you think Brandon Staley is out of a job? And who do you think should replace him? What's so the biggest thing? The biggest thing I think about the Chargers season and this one are. Uh... This is one of the, the teams where it's like, ah, you guys had to deal with a lot. Think about the amount of injuries that the Chargers had to deal with constantly. Right. It literally felt like every single week, guys are getting hurt. Yeah. You know, you look at Justin Herbert, he didn't have the best season, but a lot of that is because he was missing key guys throughout the entire time. So I look at the season and I'm not necessarily like, wow, the coaching is gosh darn awful. That being said, there's some times where it's like, dude, man, what? So in terms of like coaching job, again, what I said about the Vikings, you look at a team that was supposed to have success, that has the assets, that's paying guys to win, and like pretty much almost has a good team, has enough young or like old talent to get somewhere, but they can't do it. Mm -hmm. You want to look at the coach. And you're, I'm hearing yeah. all these rumors, you know, Sean Payton, Jim Harbaugh, you know, everybody's coming out of uh, right. their, their current spot. And Chargers are one of the big names that's coming up for a potential destination for some of these guys. Yeah. You would have to pay, you know, you'd have to pay a lot of money, especially for like Harbaugh coming out of uh, Michigan. I, I don't know if that's going to be a real thing, but speculation is there. Um, I don't know, Shrey. I, I think co I think the coaching job is up for grabs. Maybe somebody who yeah. can connect with Herbert and Eckler on a different level, get more out of them, run different plays, get a better scheme, work on that defensive tightness and performance. I, I yeah. Yeah, I think the Chargers I think, could be good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like I think of the 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 current head coaching vacancies, if the Chargers job were to open up, it would be the most optimal position for a new coach coming in. I agree. Just because you're not kind of worried about the quarterback, right? Even with the Cardinals and the talent that they have, currently Kyler Murray is not ready for the season. Now you're like, okay, how do I look in the beginning of the season? You know, Will Kyler Murray ever be the same? That's kind of an iffy situation. With the Chargers, you know Herbert's there. Obviously, it felt like he also played a little bit hurt throughout the season, too. I remember well, he, he had the ribs. Yeah. The rib injury. Like, that definitely doesn't just go away, right? So, but he's there, and he's going to play next year. He's going to start the year. You're going to nice expect Nice guy, young guy, him. good attitude. Seems like he's pretty exactly. flexible. Doesn't really have an ego to me. It's exactly, like, yeah. His, I mean, his interviews, always looking to get so, better. That's a team that you would want to coach to get in, like especially a, guy, a person with a large, long layoff, like Sean Payton, with a year layoff. Yeah, that's a team you want to jump back into, right? You don't want to really pick up a reclamation project when you come back in, and you're kind of like, "Oh boy, what did I? Oh, get this is going to be on I, me again. Uh oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like it's just getting hired to get fired again. Like that's like <laughs> that's how it's going to happen. Honey, I've got a job for well the next seven months. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So what better quarterback to, to put your uh, chips in a basket on 
than Justin Herbert, especially being how young he is. So I think that would be the best. I think that would be the most uh, valuable coaching position. You, if that, if Brandon Staley does get canned, you're going to see a lot of candidates. It's going to be, it's going to be uh, quite a few interviewing for that job, and it's going to take some time to get a real good guy in there. So and I think that's what's up. That's what they got to look for. Um, but you yeah. know, who, who's to say he actually does get fired? They may just run it back. Yeah, it has I mean happened. that's tough because. Ugh, Castelli, man. Some of the some of the late game decisions that he made, um, and and it felt like they were very undisciplined. If you saw the end of that Chargers game, uh, Joey Bosa gets the the um, unnecessary like not unnecessary roughness. He gets the like the the personal conduct penalty or I forgot what it's called for throwing his helmet uh, multiple times on yeah, the field. Yeah, the Jaguars are able to use that to to take a shorter two-point conversion, which they make. And then when the Chargers punt on the next drive, the Jaguars just need a field goal to win the game rather than tie. If they had only went for the field, uh, the they extra would have point on the touchdown OT. before. Yeah. Yep. Well, it so should never that's have like gotten undi- to that point. If you're, if you're the Chargers, it never should have gotten to that point. Exactly. But that's the undisciplined nature where it's like, if things are going bad, how does your team respond? Right. You're never going to win every game the same way. Right. But, if you're if you're veterans like Joey Bosa is a veteran, if your veterans are acting like that, that reflects poorly on the coach. Uh-huh. And so that's where I feel like the new coach is to get people in line. They have the talent, and I feel like any coach would have gotten that team to the playoffs if they had just played sound football. But the uh, but the the discipline nature is where it went awry. And that I couldn't have said it better myself. Seriously, that's actually that's a great point. Well, Trey, before we get to our final topic and our uh, final matchup. Let's talk about fantasy real quick. Who do you have? Lightning round. Give me your picks this week for fantasy basketball. Who should I put on my team to win this week yeah. and why? Oh, okay. I'm going to do my best, Max. I'm going to start with TJ McConnell, Indiana Pacers point guard. Tyrese Halliburton is out for at least two weeks. Yeah. And, you know, he has the, he has the, show, um, the elbow issue and he has the knee bruise. And so there's multiple issues that he has to rehab through now for the next couple of weeks. So we don't know if he's going to be ready. When I have, whenever I hear the at least or be reevaluated in two weeks, it never means two weeks. Nope. Never means two weeks. So I'm looking at closer to three to four weeks for him. In the meantime, Tyrese, uh, TJ McConnell, uh, he's going to come off the bench. Nemhard is one that's starting. I, I definitely look at seeing both are on your waiver wire. But I'm favoring TJ McConnell because he's the best of the two in terms of per minute production. Uh, you saw last a ton week, of assists, ton of steals, yeah, and yeah, and last game he had a near triple double, and he shoots well from the field too. Nemhard is gonna tank your field goal percentage sometimes, while as uh, TJ McConnell is gonna shoot fifty to sixty percent a game, roughly. Next player I got is on the Indiana Pacers as well, and that is Isaiah Jackson, Ijax as they call him. Power forward for the for the Pacers. He's currently only 7.2% on, on ESPN and 46% on Yahoo. Mm. Um, if they ever trade Miles Turner in the next, you know, trade line is coming up, if Miles Turner gets traded, Isaiah Jackson could be just They've Hulk wa- mode. They wanted to trade Miles Turner for, I think, four years now. <laughs> we'll right, see if right. that happens. It's like nobody like wants him. Russell. No, nobody <laughs> wants him. If you you pick up Miles Turner's contract on your team for what he actually does, 
dude. No, that's a bad move. Sorry. Anyway, beside the point. I would I would respectfully disagree. I think Miles Turner would be an exceptional piece on a on a winning team. Yeah. But Isaiah Jackson currently, when Miles Turner is out, and even though um Turner might come back, you know, in a couple games, whatnot, it looks like he has upended Jalen Smith as that second big man coming off the bench. And he is a pure blocks man. If he ever gets the time uh, on the court, he'll be a double-double guy. But right now, if you need to stream for blocks, he had a seven-block game the other day. Then he backed it up with a four-block game. Yeah, that's if you ever crazy. get time, he's going to be amazing. But even in limited minutes, you can if he's in the rotation, he's going to get you two to three blocks at least, at least during his time on the court. And then my last player is Walker Kessler. He's the center for the Utah Jazz. Currently, Kelly Olenek is on a uh, two-week ankle vacation. We'll see where that lands him. Um, <laughs> well, right now, they're playing Vanderbilt, but obviously Vanderbilt's not the best center. So they're playing him at power forward. And Walker Kessler's patrolling the middle. And he's a phenomenal blocks guy as well. Um, and he's also getting you close to a double-double a game when he's getting at least 25 minutes. So if he's continuing to get 25 minutes in Kelly Olenek's absence, then that's going to be a, like that's going to bode well as a stream. Once Kelly Olenek comes back, we'll see what happens. But he's also a trade risk as well. So keeping Kessler, if you can, might bode well for po- post trade deadline. Okay, I like it. For my picks, I've got Max Struess. Uh He has been very hot. He's been averaging over 10 points. I think it's over 14 points uh, for his last 10 games. So he's been a solid, consistent piece. Miami is, you know, they're always changing around their lineups. They're changing around who's playing, depending on the matchups, because Spoelstra is a great coach. He understands his personnel. Max Struess is getting the look that he needs to make him worthwhile. And he's only rostered in, I believe it's like less than like 42%, if, if not even Fewer than those yeah. uh, leagues right there. Tory Craig of the Phoenix Suns is my other pick. The Suns are riddled with injuries right now. They're out. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, campaign, Cam Johnson. So Tory Craig is getting a look, and they've got four games this upcoming week. I wouldn't hold him for too much longer because when those guys come yeah. back, he's just not going to get the minutes. He's not going to put up the numbers. But he's a solid player. Uh, is he my favorite? No. But I'm looking at the four games. That's enough to get you some good matchup stats. Last guy, Pat Connaughton of the Milwaukee Bucks. Did you know that Chris Middleton has only played seven games this whole season? That's insane, dude. Yikes. <laughs> but he should be an all-star. Anyway, no. Uh, so Pat Connaughton <laughs> is getting a look. Obviously, you know, at the point guard position, Grayson Allen is out. So that's going to help his case as well. And uh, he's pretty much only got to split time with Gabe Vincent. Uh, no, not Gabe Vincent. Um, Javon Carter. He's only really Javon got Carter. to split time with Javon Carter. Connaughton, different, kind of different skill set, but he's good. Uh, and he's been putting up pretty solid numbers over his last four or five games. So, yeah, those are going to be my picks. Lock them good in. Picks. Lock them in. All right. Moving on to our last topic here. We've got the Who Day, Cincinnati Bengals, the Bungles, <laughs> pulling it out. Yeah, against the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens could have won the game multiple times, but they didn't. 98 yards. <laughs> you said they fumbled their opportunity. They fumbled. This bird is now flightless. Rip. <laughs> 
The Baltimore Ravens fumbled in the one-yard line. Sam Hubbard, defensive end, 250-plus pounds, running down the sideline on a 98-yard fumble return for a touchdown that ended up being the game-winning score when the other team was about to score a touchdown had they not fumbled. The most insane, like, uh, swing Right. That's when you talk about when we talk about basketball and we talk about, oh, that was like a five point swing. Five, like, you know, what I mean, this was like I, this is like the pinnacle of a of a swing. In football was you're on the you're on the precipice of getting a touchdown and winning and you, a playoff game oh. on the same play. Give them a touchdown. That's like it's like the it's like the pick six hundred yard pick six. It's like that. It's insane. Um, And you lose the playoff game because of it. That's oh, you gotta you gotta hurt. It's gotta hurt if you're a Ravens fan right now. No, no, it doesn't hurt because the Bengals, dude. Everybody has been sleeping on the Bengals for two years now. Literally, they, yeah. they, they started the season. Everybody's like, "Yeah, Bengals aren't gonna do it. Bengals aren't this gonna do it." Team, that was a one-time this a show. Te- this is a team. I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm unhappy to say this that I was wrong about. I really didn't think that. Yeah. They would like. I mean, I, you know what I mean. Like, if, if I'm gonna take credit, if I'm gonna take credit for the Vikings, I'm gonna have Ooh to day. take my L. <laughs> I'm gonna take <laughs> my L on the Bengals. Bang L's for me. <laughs> bang L. Yeah, hold that bang L, Shrey and the yep. Ravens. Yep. Yeah, both yep. you guys yep. get one. Yep. No, so I. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's great. Uh, it's great to see, and uh, I'm excited to see what they do next week. But more importantly, let's go and talk about the Ravens and talk about the star player who was absent for not just this game but the last five, Lamar Jackson. His absence has got a lot of people talking, and they're saying, well, <laughs> are you in this to win this? What kind of injury mm-hmm. is this? Are you being mm-hmm. serious? Are you kind of milking it? Are you just here for the bag? Do you really want to play for Baltimore? Mm. My take, in my amateur opinion, he's kind of a bad guy to me. This is no disrespect because this is his professional career. Absolutely. But I think if another team were to offer him the bag, you're going to get him. You know who should do it? I just thought of this. Raiders. Yeah. Give him the bag. Ooh. Lamar, if he would play with Devontae Adams. Lamar Jackson, Devontae Adams, that would be dirty. Well, that's the one thing that, that – well, and the one thing that the Ravens have done Lamar Jackson dirty on – over the course of his his Ravens tenure, has been that wide receiver, right? He had Marquise Hollywood Brown, and then Mar- Hollywood Brown had a good season, but he then they then they traded him, right? So it's like they never really gave him a consistent guy to work with from at the wide receiver position, like right. the wide receiver one, yep. right? So if he could go to a team like the Raiders, or if he went to a team like See, if he went to the he could go to the Dolphins. They don't have any money left. The to Dolphins, yes, that's exactly. And he's from Florida. So it might it might work out really well, right? To him with the speed of Tyreek Hill and Waddle. Woo. And the Dolphins, the Dolphins just could not put it together in uh in their playoff game, too. I know we're not really talking about that today, but man, I saw in the first half, Jalen Waddle had like three looks, three targets. Yeah. That's that's no, that's unacceptable. Yeah. He's healthy. Yeah. He's available. Tyreek Hill had like eight targets in the first half. Dude, what are you doing? You got to feed those guys. You got to feed them. Got to yeah. feed them. Anyway, but so Lamar Jackson, if he, it looks like, because this is the last, this was the last year of his rookie contract. Yep. Ravens could still pick him up. They could. So they'd have to, they definitely have to drop the bag on him. My question for you, Max, is it's the past couple of years, he's ended seasons on injuries. 
right? If you remember last season, yeah, he was. He had he a hurt. he had a considerable injury then too, right? That uh, took him down a notch a little bit. Huntley came in last season too and tried to fill in. Oh, and then and then Lamar tried to come back at the end, right? In this case, so like, my question to you is: Is are, are we getting to the point that that Lamar may be injury prone? Do do teams and not even from uh, from a fan standpoint, from like a media talking standpoint? Our team's thinking about that. Our team's thinking about, oh, the last couple of seasons have ended in injury the way Lamar has played. Are we ready to like just drop the bag on him uh, and focus on the talent versus maybe is he physically ready to play a full 17-game season? Like, Is that a question the teams are answering for themselves right now? I, I think that's a, I think that's a great question. Ah, I, I honestly haven't even thought about for him, but that's a good that's a good point that he has been injured quite considerably, mm-hmm. and consistently. Yeah. And they've been le- they've been leg injuries. Like he's had he's had leg like right he had the ankle I think last year, and this year it's the PCL. Um, these are all things that affect his real game, which is being able to run the football, run, right? Yeah. So they take a toll on you and it's no knock on Lamar. That's that's how good of a player it is that like he may be 75% or 80% and still be way better at everyone else at running the football from the quarterback position. Right. But people have got to take but teams have got to take into account of do I want 80% of running Lamar? Is that going to build well if I give him that long-term contract, that 5 6 year con- 5 year contract, 6 year contract. You know what I mean? Like if I'm looking at the end of that contract, will he be the same? Considering that he, it's probably not going to be a tradable contract, right? It's going to be a forty. What when to he, 50 with this one that he gets signed? Deal. Yeah. So that's something that teams have to think about, right? So Lamar, obviously, he's not going to be too worried about it. He's going to get Raiders from somewhere. Raiders would do it. The poverty. I think. I think someone's going to make that call. Yeah. Yeah. I think if like based on what we've talked about today, I think the Raiders and the Dolphins seem like the best location. Uh, the teams that w- would take the risk on him uh, for the reward. It's high currently. risk, high reward. Yeah. High risk, high reward. Right. So I think currently as it stands, those team stands, you would do that right now. Well, you could also say, though, this did he really need to be out five games this season? Not not questioning his credibility. Yeah, but you know, uh, he could have made. Well, my question even is, he made a statement. Trey, he was coming back. He's like, "Mine, he feels yeah. unstable." Okay, yeah, that's interesting that you're the one that's saying it, and it's not an official doctor report. I get it. Mm-hmm. It's fine for players to be like, "This is how I feel." At the same time, it's just kind of weird that you're like, mm, "I don't feel good." Yeah, I feel like that was on the 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 news cycle had been kind of uh anti Lamar in a sense of like why isn't he showing up? You saw teammates like Sammy Watkins who just showed up saying, you know, you know, we would have been better with like, you know, we need our guy. Like, you know, something along those lines of like kind of like hinting at why Lamar is not at practice. And then JK Dobbins post playoff game was like, if we had Lamar, we would have won. So it's like you make comments like that and even the team is kind of frustrated whether or not they're not wrong. It's a frustration. It's not a. Fr- uh, it may not be frustration on Lamar the person. It may be. It Lamar may, may the scenario. Lamar, Lamar the, the hypothetical scenario. scenario. <laughs> yeah, but Lamar's like how how he may handle the situation. Um, maybe people are kind of rubbed the wrong way. My question is, he didn't even practice Max. That's what I'm that saying. That whole thing he was hurt. Um, right, even right, towards so he the wasn't end, right? rehabbing to get back. That's what I'm saying. So it could just be a bag move. 
His injury risk may not be as high as we think it is. So, I mean, if he says grade two, grade three, obviously that's a major injury. But when you get to the point where it's like a playoff game is at stake, right? And it feels like it would it would look a lot better if he even tried, if he practiced that day. Are you even was trying, like, bro? Like, I like... And I don't mean that. Yeah, I don't mean that in a bad way. But I mean, like, if he if he came to practice, if he tried to warm up and just said, "I can't do this," I feel like that would look that would have looked a lot better optically. And maybe he's not worried about the optics, and I totally understand that. But just from kind of how the talking head perspective that we that we do, it would have looked a little bit better optically if he maybe even tried to gut it out a little bit. Like, and maybe his teammates would have been, not have made the comments they would have made had he had tried that way. But I understand his health. We'll see what the what the bag he gets. Um, it's going to be from somewhere. And if it's from the Ravens, we're going to see how they kind of handle that situation in the future. So That's it. That's it. Lamar will get the bag from somebody. From somebody, yep. All right, folks. Well, that just about does it for us. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with... Trace. And we will see you next time. Peace.